0: Hi guys and welcome to another Take Charge podcast. We've got a fantastic guest with us today. We have CEO of TaylorMade Golf, David Ablis. Now today we sit down with David and talk about some very interesting topics. We talk about the split from Adidas which happened towards the end of 2017. So we're talking about the future of TaylorMade and what that looks like. We also discuss uh, the bad press that TaylorMade have had in previous years on rele- releasing too many products and, and really what the plan looks like moving forward on that. They also have released this twist face technology, so uh, it's a hot topic at the moment. So we're going to cover that as well, um, and amongst discussing some of the best players in the world that they have signed to them at the moment. So uh, this is a great podcast, guys. With a very interesting guy. We hope you enjoy it. Let's get to it. David,
1: thank you so much for your time today. Um, I know it's a busy week for you. Um, you've been CEO of the company now for nearly three years. We're almost um, there. Three years. So you've been well. for the been with the company for a long time now so obviously it's, it's in your blood now you have a lot of passion for this company. How did it all start for you?
2: Yeah well Piers Andy great to see you guys as Good always safe. and we love what you do for the game of golf so thank you for everything that you for do sure. every day. Uh, yeah, TaylorMade has been part of my life uh, for more than just the 15 years that I've had the chance to serve here and, and I'll get into that in a minute but when I grew up playing competitive golf back on the East Coast I'm from the New York Connecticut area originally Uh, I played with 14 TaylorMade golf clubs. We didn't have golf ball at the time, but TaylorMade has been part of my playing career for many, many years. Um, And I've always revered the brand. It always resonated with me. And, you know, my goal getting through school uh, was to get into this industry. And uh, I knew I wasn't going to be a good enough player to make a living playing. Um, So I really had a passion to uh, get into golf and make my passion my vocation. And fortunately, uh, I earned my way into the sales force that TaylorMade back in 1994 and worked my way through the organization three different times. I think I'm the only employee mm-hmm. in the company that has had three first days at the company. Keep <laughs> so, yeah, keep coming back. Something keeps drawing me or someone's willing to have me back, <laughs> yeah. one or the other. Um, so uh, to your point about the term passion, I, I, I love this place. It's part of me. It's part of my family. Um, This organization is built of just a group of incredible people that really have a dedication and desire to help golfers play better golf every day through the equipment and golf balls that we make. Um, So I've been back for three years. Uh, We've come a long way in three years. Uh, You guys have seen the evolution of our technology, the evolution of our tour staff. And certainly the evolution um, of our position in this great industry of golf so I'm very very proud how far we've come. Yeah brilliant it's been exciting for us to be a part of the last few years yeah. and see how it's
0: evolved and you know change and the direction that you guys are going is, is fantastic. Um, Adidas have recently obviously sold made Can you talk a little bit about the split and and how that's going to impact
2: made moving forward? Yeah sure Andy so we actually closed the sale Uh, with Adidas into our new uh, sponsorship structure with KPS Capital on October 2nd, 2017, so just a few months ago. Um, We had been in the process for the better part of 18 months in seeking the right buyer for the tailor brand. And and many questions have come into my office saying, well, why is it taking so long? Well, it it took long for one primary reason is Adidas and our tailor management team were very thoughtful in terms of where this brand would end up. Yeah, um, because it was in the best interest of all parties to ensure that we had the appropriate ownership structure that would enable us to build upon the momentum that has been established here at the company and drive growth way into the future. And so fortunately, we were able to get to that. And I'll, I'll come back to that in a minute. Uh, the other piece as it relates to the split is that TaylorMade and Adidas for 19 years were working very closely together. And in some offices around the world, we actually shared office space. So when you, when you divest of a company, you actually have to pull those companies apart. So there's a lot of complexity in doing so. But I'm very, very proud that we've gotten through almost all of that. And the two companies, they're two great brands, very clear positions in golf and in sport as it relates to better Adidas, uh, are well positioned for growth uh, and have great momentum on their side. The reason Adidas decided to tail- sell TaylorMade was simple. They wanna focus on what's core to the Adidas brand, which is apparel and footwear. Well, TaylorMade isn't apparel and footwear, we're equipment and golf ball. And so it's actually a benefit for us to be able to stand alone privately and focus on those two categories and invest in those categories exclusively. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's been very beneficial for us uh, since the divestiture. Brilliant, absolutely. And I think
1: the brand for tailormade for us, we know it's, it's, it's fantastic, you know, golf clubs. We know that, we know that. Definitely a few years ago, a few people would say that there was maybe a, a bad name with TaylorMade and the amount of golf clubs that were released. That seems to have changed now, you know, going more on the yearly cycle like the majority of companies. What are your thoughts on that? What's the strategy going forward as well?
2: Yeah. It, it, Pierce, I think it's very fair mm-hmm. to be completely honest with you. Um, we were bringing out. Products to market with a frequency in which golfers really couldn't keep up with it or consume them. Um, and we've always lived by a creed here. I know Brian Basil said products don't lie, and we would never bring something to market that wasn't better, at least that we thought would better benefit golfers. Um, but the challenge was when golfers want new technology, you've got to go through a formal process to engage them in that technology and ultimately get them to a place where they can play it. And, We were speeding things up so quickly because we had all of this technology and it was exciting (laughs) and we, you know, the company wanted to bring it to market and the industry had softened a little bit. So we thought that we can engage and really create energy in the industry by bringing more products to market. But candidly, the strategy was not working well for us and we created a bit of confusion in the market with multiple models at the same time at retail or at, at golf courses. Uh, We created some confusion with customers that may have bought those products and a couple of months later there was a new one and should I get the new one or should I hang on to the previous one? Um, But fundamentally when I came back and and we built a new strategy for go forward basis and product, um, we don't have a definitive uh, timeline that says we're going to be in product for this amount of time. What we try to do is work on advanced technologies that ultimately will benefit golfers better and refine those technologies. And when those technologies are ready to go, then we can bring them to market. Because I've never met a golfer that said, I don't want to play something that helps me play better. Um, But what we've learned in our own product development cycle is that typically that happens every one to two years, not every two to three months. And so where we stand today in most of our Meadowood products is we're in market at least for a full year and in some cases longer and in irons, two years in some cases, but from time to time, when we have a breakthrough, which we'll talk about here shortly, we're going to come to market to enable golfers to win. So our game plan is, is to follow the compass, not necessarily the clock. And that compass is really driven through how golfers can consume the technology we bring to market and how they benefit those golfers in terms of how they'll perform with them. And right now we're in a very good rhythm where our customers, golfers around the world are finding real value in the products we sell. Our positioning in market is constant, it's stable. Um, We're, uh, I believe golfers understand when we're gonna come with new products and why we would come with them. we have much better disciplines and different practices in the company today than perhaps we did a few years ago, and I'm proud of that because it's yielded uh, more golfers coming back to our company and buying tailor-made products than ever before, and in the end, that benefits us as a business. It, it definitely seems to be more consistent now. Mm-hmm. I think people understand when things are gonna happen now, which is which is good.
0: Yeah, and I think I think what's great about it is you're, you're, in, you're in a position now where the, the consumer looks forward to what's coming next. You know, you know with, with some of the technology that's just been released, you know, it's exciting and, and, you know, people are almost aware that maybe something's coming and when it's released, they're excited to then go and get it in their hands and play it, which is exactly the position where you want to be, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, look, Telemade are obviously extremely passionate about golf. We can see that, you know, in the company. We see it through the staff and through the whole the whole company here. Um, how do you see Telemade and your responsibility in terms of growing the game and keeping this game alive? Because it's, you know, golf has been in an interesting sort of, I suppose time really isn't it where we want to make sure that, you know, participation is still up and how do you see TaylorMade's sort of role in that as well?
2: Yeah, fair, fair question, Andy. You know, there's, uh, there are multiple parties and institutions in golf that I believe are responsible for helping the game advance. Um, part of our role in the advancement of the game is to bring out products that help golfers play better so they can have more fun right i mean when's the last time any of us saw someone walk off 18 green and say hey this game's way too easy for me and i don't need to play anymore it's the opposite right it's a game that you're always trying to perfect and if you can accept greatness on a given date that's pretty good even ask our tour players which yeah. we can talk about <laughs> later but you know, our responsible, responsibility, number one, is to ensure that the equipment can be at the very best in the hands of golfers so they can enjoy the game more and perform better. But we've also heavily invested in growth initiatives uh, here in the United States and around the world. We're uh, the primary partner to the PGA Junior League. We were the first in, which now has 250,000 young golfers around the United States, now into Canada, uh, that are playing the game in a team format. Uh, we've invested in First Tee initiatives, which bring uh, underprivileged kids uh, into the game of golf and learn the values of golf so that they can build that as part of kind of their life fabric moving forward. Uh, we've done these things in China. We're part of the Chinese Golf Association in helping them grow the game. We've invested in, in, uh, in youth and development activities in Europe that you guys are very well familiar with. Um, so we take it seriously. Uh, to me, uh, what I'd like to see uh, in my role at TaylorMade and from a... Uh, an industry standpoint are these initiatives to come together there there seem to be multiple initiatives right now all of which have great intentions but i'd rather see more horsepower around fewer than less horsepower around many yeah and i think when we all as an industry put our weight behind those things we'll see advancements in the game the good news is i just ironically came back from a national golf foundation board meeting is that we see stability in the game right now Uh, the game is is in a good place avid golfers actually Uh, are growing a little bit. We need the recreational golfers to grow because that's where the attrition has really happened. Um, But there are roughly 40 million golfers sitting on the sideline around the world right now, we call that latent demand, that actually have expressed interest to get back in but for some reason they just haven't come back in, whether it's instruction, accessibility, whatever it is. For me, the solution actually is more simple than I think even the great minds around us are trying to solve. And I see this with my own kids. Go out and find your neighbor that either played once or twice and bring them to the golf course with you. We've got 50 million golfers around the world. If every one of the 50 million golfers just simply went to someone who had expressed interest in golf and said, Hey, I don't know what you're doing Saturday morning, but this Saturday you're coming to play with me, we'd grow pretty quickly. Yeah. We need to get everybody back on the golf course and those that play. Should have the responsibility to enhance the growth of the game as well, and I'd like to see more of that. I try to do the best I can, and I know our company does as well because we are a golf company. Golfers work here, live here. You guys yeah. use the term "passion" frequently. We want to see people play in this great game. It's the yeah. it's the greatest game in the world. Yeah, yeah. We, we we really feel don't we?
1: That we have a responsibility. Golf has given it's given us business. It's given us you know a, a passion in our life as well. And I think we've got a massive responsibility to give back to that sport. And you know I think. That's the thing that we get from everyone at TaylorMade. And I think it brings on to the next question really well, that, you know, as we've been ambassadors for TaylorMade for the last couple of years, the one big thing for us when we deal with a company is that obviously the product has to be good, but we have to believe in that. But we have to believe in the people behind it as well. And I've never seen, um, you know, the passion that the, the, the staff have here is amazing. I mean, we call it the Tyler effect, don't we, as there's a... There's a Guy in marketing, Tyler, who moved from New York to just get a job. He didn't have a job. We waited until he could get the job, got the job. And, you know, he's like, every time we talk to him about TaylorMade, he's so passionate.
2: And that is something that we see all the time. Yeah. So for you, you, it must be very exciting to have those people. Yeah, it's great. Any business is only as good as the team that's assembled around the business I mean, that's what businesses are They're like you two gentlemen and the great work that you do and i see how you work together and your energy you bring to your work into this game it's 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 not a surprise that you guys are having great success and we wish you nothing but continued success but it's no different here at taylor made we hire talented people that have a passion for golf this is a specialized industry and when you put those two things together you get the tyler's of the world or you get the brian's of the world and and that's very important for me, You know, a, a bit of my role is to be the gatekeeper of this corporate culture and ensure that the talent that comes in here is consistent with the corporate culture because I've always believed that culture, it'll trump strategy every day. Yeah. Um, and and that's fairly apparent in our organization. So um, that commitment is pervasive uh, in the United States, in Europe, uh, in Asia, up into Canada, every corner of the world, whether you're in Australia, talking to our team in Australia and how, how they think about the company and the sports, exactly the same as what you feel here. And, that's special for us, and um, the proudest thing I've said to our team in the past couple of months is we've had a line of resumes out the door wanting to come in and be part of what we're doing, which leads me to believe we're doing
0: some things right. Yeah, definitely, and it's just, it's apparent, and every time we make the trip over to here or even just go to the Europe, you know, you see it, it's consistent over here and it's consistent over there, so it is throughout the company, which is fantastic. Um, now, obviously, we're all in the golf industry here. Uh, we don't like to get to play as much as, as we'd like. Um, how often do you play? And then what sort of level of golf are you? Are you still keen? Do you still like to get out there on the weekend and, and take on your friends? And...
2: I do. Unfortunately, I haven't been taking on my friends. I've been taking on my young boys who are okay. kicking my butt around the golf course. And Believe me, that's not easy. <laughs> actually, the greatest day is when your son beats you on yes. the golf course. It yeah. actually is. Um, honestly, I need to play more, and I want to play more. Uh, and, um, but I do play about four or five events a year. I play off a, a, a three handicap, so I can play okay. Um, Probably pizza space. I think. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the older I get, the more difficult it becomes yeah. and the shorter I am, which is why our new technology is going to help me <laughs> as much as anybody. So let's make sure we talk about that today as well. Um, but I still play about three, maybe four, five events a year. I'll play the AT&T again in February, which was great. I just played the Pebble Beach Invitational last November. We have a series of Club Pros events around the, around the world that we actually put on. I play in those with our Club Pro staff, which is a ton of fun. Um, I'd like to play some more amateur golf, Um, and this is a bad excuse, but work has consumed my time as of late, so I haven't been able to do that, but I make sure our people get to go and play because it's part of what we do uh, to help us be better at at, at how we do it. Um, So uh, it's great. I I love playing. I have three young boys. You know, you talk about the love for this game. My eldest will be 12, actually, this week, so that's exciting. My middle guy's 10, uh, and my youngest is 7. Uh, They are avid golfers, they love it, and the way they play for fun and competition is terrific, and they're bringing their buddies that play soccer and baseball and basketball into the game because our club pro at a private club has provided those kids access to be able to do so. You want to talk about growth initiatives. And golf is cool. Think about the tour players we have, and even other tour players. Dustin Johnson, who you guys were with yesterday, one of the coolest cats on the planet, right? Rory's incredible. Rosie's the best, right? You think about that, and think about Tiger coming back to the game, who happens to be a tailor-made guy as well. So not just our staff, but even some of the younger players, Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler. These guys are terrific guys. Justin Thomas. It's an exciting time Mm -hmm. for golf. Um, and it's good. Uh, but I'll boast a little bit because the last event I played in was the San Diego father son with my 10 year old, and we, we, won won it. It <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we won that one. We won
1: it. I think it's, it, it's interesting you mention about the players that you've got. You've got tremendous staff players all over the globe, but there, there are some icons that you have that, that have elevated the game for a long time. Now you've got the world number one Tiger Woods. Rory, we were with a couple of weeks ago. I mean, what does it mean to have these players and we've got to ask you what was it like when you thought hang on a bit we can get tiger woods
2: yeah so two parts on that pierce um and I'm, let's hold the tiger one part. we're really humbled by the fact that we have uh five of the top 12 players in the world right now and then add tiger on top of that on top of uh the pga tour rookie of the year xander Shuffley, and xander mm. and. Uh, and a series of other great players that play our products. Siwoo Kim won the Players' Championship. So it isn't just those five guys. Um, But what we have found, and this goes back to our conversation about bringing great products to market, is we believe there's a delta in what we build relative to what everybody else builds. And no better time to demonstrate that, because it's a tough business in terms of trying to say yours is better than somebody else's. Last year, when one of our competitors got out of the business, Nike, They had roughly 25 staff players at the time who had the right to play whatever equipment that they wanted. This is in the summer of 16, actually. 22 of those 25 players came directly to TaylorMade. And they did because they believed our products were the best products. And so that was very, very humbling for us. But it was also a validation of we are doing this the right way. Um, So that led us downstream into into some other players that ultimately become part of our brand. But... Um, to, to think about my close friend John Rahm, uh, who is you know gone from uh, an amateur athlete at Arizona State's played on tour for eight months and he's the fourth or fifth ranked player in the world. I didn't see the world rankings this week, but fourth or fifth in the world with an incredible future. And to think about Jason Day, who had a breakout year in fifteen and sixteen. He'll be back in eighteen. Had a little bit of a slower year last year, but still world class player. And DJ world number one. You talked about and for Rory. I mean, literally, Rory is one of the greatest guys, put aside golfers you'll ever meet. You guys know him. He came to TaylorMade for two reasons. The first one was the golf ball. The second one was the driver. That's why he came. He could have gone anywhere. So that was really cool, which leads me to Tiger. Um, Tiger, I was with him last Friday, uh, spent quite a bit of time with him. He looks fantastic. I mean, he looks physically great. Emotionally, he's in a great place. He's ready to compete and play again. Um I shared with him, actually, on video, I said, you know, I started my career in 1995. In 1997, you won your first major at the Masters. You came off 18 green. Your father was there. You remember what he was wearing? He said, what are you talking about? He said, he was wearing a tailor-made hat. You weren't a tailor-made athlete at the time. And I remember saying, as a young salesman cutting my teeth in this business, how cool would it be someday that that guy that just won the Masters in 1997, who knew that he would win 13 additional majors after that, was a tailor-made guy and here I am standing next to Tiger after we signed him last year and unfortunately got banged up couldn't play last year uh, and he's a tailor-made guy. So signing Tiger is wonderful for us. He came to us for the same reasons Rory and the other guys have stayed. He wanted the best performing products, especially at this stage in his career where he now wants to really pursue uh, his convictions in, in getting to Jack's record at 18 majors. So. Uh, it's great. He's great. Uh, he's doing great, and we wish him nothing but the best and expect a lot from him. And what I saw last week would indicate he's well on his way. Yeah, I mean, so, you, um, you look at it, the hero, hero World
0: Challenge and how, I mean, I think it surprised everyone how hard he was hitting it. You know, 180 mm-hmm. ball speed, um, some of the shots that he was playing. I think everybody's seen that two iron that he hit and sort of with that recoil and his oh. finish. And, you know, I think the, the game of golf is definitely better with Tiger in it, I'm sure. Um, the Masters is going to be excited. i all have a next smile year. On our face in this room right now,
1: just talking about it.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. No doubt. There's no
1: doubt.
0: So we can't we can't talk we can't sort of finish this podcast, um, David, without really talking about this new technology you've got. I mean, we've already done a, a podcast with Brian Bazile, Um, but we've got to talk about it. I mean, how excited are you about this new Twist Face? Because it is a breakthrough, isn't it? It's something so unique that that nobody's ever done before, and it's
2: it's so simple, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, sometimes the greatest innovations uh, are the simplest ones in terms of how you think about them, but they're also the most complicated to actually, you know, do. Um, for years, and Brian has probably shared this with you, so I'll, I'll try to paraphrase this because it, otherwise I'll get a bit redundant to, to Brian's genius and, and our <laughs> R&D's genius around this. For years, and most golfers don't know this, we've been shot tracking over face maps and drivers, I mean, for decades, and we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of data points now in terms of really where most golfers, 99% of the golfers miss off center, which is high toe and low heel. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys miss high toe and low heel. I've seen you All both, over the place. I've seen yeah. you guys <laughs> both swing it. You don't miss very often. But if you do, my guess would say you either miss high toe or low heel. So what dawned on us was, well, why wouldn't we design a face technology Um, where we're not just testing on a robot where the face angle is delivered square and try to get bulge and roll to get back to the center line. That doesn't really happen in our data when we watch humans, golfers actually hit shots because most golfers that miss high toe are turning the face over and the face is shut. And most that miss low heel, the face is open and they're hitting it further right. So bulge and roll really doesn't help you at all in those situations. So we decided to modify the face dynamics in the form of what we call twist face. We actually twisted the face of the driver, which increases a little bit of loft in the toe and decreases a little bit of loft in the heel and then changes the symmetry of the face. It's incredible and then we started testing this concept and what we realized was is that golfers dispersion on these off-center hits was literally two times better than it was in a traditional construction. And then all of a sudden we realized that through the construction of the face technology and the new aerodynamics on the product, it didn't just get straighter, it got faster. And so this product is all about straight distance. And I made a comment to our sales team and to the industry as a whole, that the day this product hits market, which it'll be in market in February, there will, if you continue to make traditional bulge and roll metalwoods, you're outdated. You're playing with dated equipment that will not optimize your performance. And so what's very cool about our company is from time to time, there's an innovative breakthrough. And if you get one or two through your career where things change forever, that's pretty cool. I've been very fortunate that we've had a few and I don't think there will, there will be, a, I don't, i certainly haven't seen a bigger one than this one. This is bigger than movable weight technology in 2004. This is bigger than adjustable hosels and flight control technology in 2009. Um, and, it, and it's bigger than even multi-material composite that we launched in September of 2015. This is a breakthrough that will benefit every golfer at every skill level, regardless of where you hit it on the face, and if you don't have it, you are compromising performance. And that's a really cool position for us to be in the new M3 and M4 drivers, and, and the world's going to see it here shortly. Yeah. very nice. Exciting. Year. Exciting year.
0: It is.
1: So this is, um, we do a couple of things in the end of these podcasts just to finish things off about, you know, we like to ask the question, what would be your dream golfer, the ultimate golfer? So we're talking someone who drives it well, someone who hits amazing irons, wedge game, short game, putting, and maybe even a bit of mental and strategy. Wow, modern era? You can pick. anyone, any anyone, can any,
2: pick. Any one. Alive. I thought you guys were going to throw me a softball. <laughs> <laughs> i actually need a little time to think about yeah, this. So, so I would say this. Um, in his prime, and he's in his prime right now, I think Dustin Johnson's the greatest driver of the golf ball uh, I've ever seen. So I would take Dustin's driver all the time.
1: Yeah.
2: When I think about arguably the greatest iron player in his prime, uh, he doesn't get enough credit for this because he's so great elsewhere, is Tiger. Tiger's iron play is yeah. extraordinary absolutely extraordinary that's what made Um, him dominate it's really what made him dominate he made a lot of putts but his iron play was exceptional so I would build that into this perfect player Um, I'm gonna throw one out for you guys that you might say well he hasn't proven himself yet I think when John Rom, when we look back at John Rahm 20 years from now and you watch his wedge play you're gonna say wow you know he's got Sebi in him you can see it in his hands he can hit the shots he's so creative I think John's wedge play is absolutely extraordinary and, you know, whether or not, you know, he ultimately 20 years from now achieves what he wants to, and it's going to be a lot of majors, and I think he will. I think his wedge game is great based on what I see today. Um, And then when I think about clutch putting, you kind of come back to Tiger because that putting stroke is so good. But, you know, I think about Jason Day's putting stroke. It's amazing. Um, And, you know, it's hard to isolate one of these guys because they all do so many things so well. But I would start to bring those guys together. You know, Rosie to me, when you think about ball striking in total, ranks up top, and as does Rory. So I can't do it. all. <laughs> you know what? Just take the six superstars that exactly. we have in the balance instead. Yeah, you and guys go. pick. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> uh, perfect.
0: Fantastic. Okay, great. Um, right. David, we almost finish the, the podcast with a quote, something that maybe you live by or anything at all. Have you got anything for us to finish the, the podcast? Well, out? you
2: know, we live by a bit of a motto here in the company that we are golfers. and You guys talk about the passion and care for this category. That's not so much a quote. It's more of an existence. Um, but in every meeting we have, we kind of start and finish the meeting, saying brick by brick. And initially, when I came back to the company, we weren't really functioning as a brick by brick company. And I'll, I'll explain to you what that means. We were kind of doing things with as, about as much purpose as I would have liked. And certainly, um, the company would have liked to lead us to the place that we are today. But we believe brick by brick in our minds is that every meeting we have, every product we think about, every tour player we work with, we get a little bit better, just a little bit better each time. And when you build a a building brick by brick, you get a little bit bigger and a little bit better and a little bit more sustainable and the foundation over time is impenetrable. So I believe that as we continue to build our company brick by brick, um, you two gents, when we get together next year, two years, 15, 20 years from now, we will have built a really, really incredible place. Not that we aren't today, but 20 years from now will be even better than we are. So brick by brick, we move forward. Thank you. So thanks
0: so much for your time. I know you're extremely busy, man. We appreciate your time. And I think, look, on behalf of me and Pierce, we thank you for all you do for the golfers, for us. And we're excited to be a part of such an amazing brand. And we look forward to seeing what's going to come next year. So you it, guys. You know I'm a
2: big fan of me and my golf and you two guys in particular. So thanks so much for everything you're doing and continue good luck.
0: Thank you. Cheers, David. Thank all you. Right. So there you have it, guys. We hope you enjoyed that podcast there with a fantastic guest and insight into uh, Telemade as a company and what the future looks like. Now, look, if you enjoyed that, please leave us a review. Head over to iTunes now, leave us a review, and also share with your friends. We'd like to reach as many golfers as we can to ultimately help grow this game
2: as much as we can. So uh, until next time on the Take Charge podcast, we'll see you soon.